doctors are all the same. You ask a lot of questions, but you don't like answering them, do you? Well, have you seen a lot of other doctors? Doctors, healers, potion dealers, lots and lots of priests. Well, do they explain why this happens to you? Why you forget who you are? No, I... The devil makes me do it. I, I think you change personalities to escape the pain and the rage you feel because of what he did to you. And you came to save me, didn't you? My hero. What you're experiencing is called transference. You're transferring the, the feelings you couldn't express to your father, to your doctor, mm. to me. That I must have really wanted to fuck my old man. We're back on the Scary Valley Podcast. The latest in the long line of shoddy doctors in H.P. Lovecraft adaptations. <laughs> no, it seems about on par for a doctor in H.P. Lovecraft. They're not, they're not bad doctors. They're just, you know, okay. We're talking suitable flesh today, which is now available on Shudder. Yay? Yeah, so people can watch it. All right. Tell us about the thing on the doorstep, Pete. You know what's funny? I didn't get the chance to read the thing on the doorstep, it's which normally- Very short. Well, I know, and I didn't read it, so I feel bad. I was thinking about that this morning, but I also had to finish watching Suitable Flesh. No, I know that because you paused it in your customary 29 minutes to go spot last night, so I couldn't watch it. (laughs) Well, you see, I get really sleepy trying to watch it after the kids go to sleep, and then I got to restart it like really early in the morning. I finished writing a review, and I thought, oh, great, before I go to bed, I'll just get a quick rehash on Suitable Flesh, popped in my voodoo, 29 minutes left, and I was like, nope, that's not happening then. Didn't you just say it was on Shudder? Well, it's on Shudder when this podcast comes out. This is, of course, the time of this recording. It's not out on Shudder yet. Mm, that sucks to be you, then. Did I how, che- did you, how did you prepare? Did I check Shudder to make sure? Yes. Because oh. <laughs> I was confused on the timeline as well. But it is on Shudder when this comes out. All right. Well. How did I prepare? Just like you did with the thing on the doorstep. You seen it know? before? Yeah. It was a, a lady... Wait, no, it started off the same, right? Oh, boy. You're going to make me meander through what I remember about the short story I haven't read in a while. My first note here is the thing on the doorstep slash have Pete talk about. All right. Because I assume that you knew the story. Well, of the, the thing, thing on, on the doorstep. doorstep, it was this thing that was on the doorstep. The end. Was there a lot of fucking in that short story? No. And that actually made me, because there was a lot of fucking in this movie. Yes. But... It, there's not a lot of sexuality with H.P. Lovecraft. There's no, none of no none no of room that. for that with all his racism. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I spit on his grave. But no, you didn't. You left money. I left a dollar. Yes, you did. I know. I don't know why. Now you said because he never had fortune in life, and for some reason that dollar you had was going to change all that. Because you know what? That was like all the money I had. Yeah, we visited H.P. Lovecraft's grave. We did not know at the time he was an unrepentant racist. No, we should have known. Yeah, it, w- it was kind of there. There's clues throughout. Yes. Regardless, we also went to Innsmouth. Yes. That's it. The end. <laughs> That's our journey. Yeah. And you know what? When we were there, you look around and it's like, yeah, this is this. You can see it. Oh, hundred percent. The inspiration for a lot of his stories and settings. Because there were like the actual places, like the Hall of Dagon was. Oh no, I meant because a fish person walked out of there and cursed oh, us. That you're going with the obvious one. Yeah. Okay. And and also the the buildings. <laughs> And such. and such. And the Devil's Reef. But yeah, the thing on the doorstep, it started off with the person 
talking about uh, his friend's death or mm-hmm. having to kill his friend, and then his friend wasn't his friend. It was his wife who was a body swapper, and this, she was this, taking over. This is a classic Lohan Curtis body swapping story. Lohan Curtis? Freaky Friday. Oh, a Freaky Friday. There's a Freaky Friday going on in this, and they get freaky. They do, but yeah. So I, I don't, I don't remember there being any sexuality in Lovecraft. But that mm-hmm. happened with what was the original? Well, this is a spiritual successor to the ones we watched. They were. That's what they say. And watching it the last time I did, which was also the first time I did, I thought this doesn't feel at all like the '80s. Stuart Gordon from Beyond. Uh, Reanimator. Didn't feel at all like those. And I thought, really weird, not the marketing, but like the people online talking about like, oh, it's just like, it's like a rehash of those, not rehash, it's like a, you know, a tribute to those. And I'm like, it's not a tribute to those at all. This feels like if Stuart Gordon made a movie in the mid to late 90s for Cinemax after Dark. Well, wasn't that kind of like Castle Freak? Castle Freak, this didn't feel like Castle Freak either. No, but it was closer to Castle Freak than it, it was to was. Reanimator or... Which is why, like, when people talk about this being an 80s throwback, it is not. It's a 90s no. throwback. Yeah, agreed. And, but but also, I really believe to a very specific type of movie that men of a certain age know. Like the movie channel at 2 a.m. Yeah, but you know what? It wasn't even Cinemax, because Cinemax was Skinemax, and there was not a lot of nudity in this movie. There was more than, than you know, none. I think it was one boob. Was there one boob? I think I think we saw a Heather Grab boob for a half of a second. Mm. I think. <laughs> you like that? Is, that? is that what that mm was? I don't know. I said in the last episode that like I I don't I like Heather Graham. I like Barbara Crampton more. Barbara Crampton being a side character, it was was unsettling for you. It doesn't I, sit right. If you got Barbara Crampton, let her star in the movie. That's what I say. Yeah. She does get into the fun by the end, but just let her star in the movie. She was in something. Quick Nick Cage update. But no, it was with Barbara Crampton. She just was in a movie, or perhaps a show. Again, I just looked. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. I looked at the headlines. But it was possibly Creepshow, or possibly was she in a movie recently where she was the bad guy? She was in Creepshow. She was in an episode of Creepshow two years ago. Yeah, yeah. But... What was, I swear there's a movie two years ago. nothing to do with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah, I, it's coming. No. You got to help me find the movie first. She was the star. It was a person's name, like Janet or something. Is, is this going to be Jacob's wife that we've talked about a thousand times? Yeah, it sounds about right. Okay. So anyway, I guess in an, in an interview, she said that she had her Nick Cage moment in that film. Mm. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I guess she gets to act like Nick Cage. Well, you know what? The movie's got great reviews. It's supposed to be a really great movie. And you know why? Because she's the star of the movie. Nothing Acting a- like Nick Cage. Again, nothing against Heather Graham. But no, I like Heather Graham. She's the star of the movie. I do too. I thought she was good in this movie. I don't I don't know how I feel about this movie. So tell me how I feel about this movie. I don't know what I watched, really. It's a weird one. It really, really is. It takes the characters from the thing on the doorstep. It, it reassigns their genders and changes their names a bit. But it keeps all the same characters. The same premise. Kind of body swapping premise. Yeah, that's no, no. I just meant with the. It starts off with uh, the you know the person talking about her best friend being and what the crime she committed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's there for a minute, right? It follows the narrative. And at one point, I thought it was something like another Lovecraft story that it was drifting into. Like it had borrowed from a couple different stories. I didn't write anything down because I was watching it late at night. 
Well, yeah, you wrote something down. I'm terrified to see what it is. Oh, well, well, no, this is more notes for myself about, you know, sugar cones, like for the ice cream? Nope. You've never had a sugar cone? Like, you know what an ice cream cone is? I have. I have. I'm trying not to engage. Okay. Well, I, the last time I bought them, which was relatively recently, they came in like a a foam casing where you had to open it up and there were two rows of the cones in there and you pull one out and put it back in the foam now it's in like a cardboard sleeve like for light bulbs you know and that's you, how they used to come no they came in this weird foam thing when we were kids that's how they used to come i don't remember that far back yeah, i remember pull them out of the... nope i don't remember that i used to babysit so i've seen them and you didn't have kids back then and nobody would trust you with a child no and rightly so yes i don't know how i have these two children that i have i, I know how you have one of them but uh, ken's in taiwan now yeah i don't know by the way, remember next week we're gonna have Ken on to do the Foreign Correspondence Awards. Yeah, and yeah. We're gonna find out all about that election in Taiwan, I believe. I hope so. I, I do too because I've been purposely not looking into it with excitement to get a, a on the ground, firsthand understanding of what's going on. Over Bring there. a little class to this because it's got to be big. When you think Ken, you think class. Always. That's all I ever think. Yep. So this movie was directed by Joe Lynch, who directed Mayhem, which is a really good movie from 2019 with Stephen Yoon and Samara Weaving. Oh, I know both of those names. And he has breakout hit was Wrong Turn 2, which is a surprisingly good sequel to Wrong Turn. I never saw Wrong Turn 2, and I only ever saw Wrong Turn in the theater. And it was written, screenplay by Dennis Paoli, who co-wrote Reanimator, From Beyond, and Castle Freak. So they were doing their best to they get the gang back together, except Jeffrey Combs, I guess. Yeah, but he made that other movie just recently with uh, the uh, Fortuitous. Yes, Adonis Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. And Barbara Crampton's in that as well. That's what I was going to say. No scenes together. See, this is what I mean. What? If Barbara Crampton had been the star of this, Jeffrey Combs could have been her husband because they had to go with a younger person. Oh. They needed... Uh, can you pronounce the guy's name? I don't even know who that guy was, but he seemed familiar. It's it's Jonathan, and his name is spelled S-C-H-A-E-C-H. And I looked it up. I heard him pronounce it. It's Sheck, but uh, it doesn't seem right. My last name is Olex N. Co. Why are you putting that out there? I don't know. Your name is out there. Yeah, because I, I write. I write too. I wrote. You wrote about the sugar cones. Yeah. I also wrote down. Okay, this is a little embarrassing because the internet at least has told Kitty. Two people on the internet told her it's always been this way. But the the double stuff Oreos and the mega stuff Oreos, it's not stuff. It's stuff. It's just S-T-U-F. There's no two Fs. Did you know this? No, Pete. But, but it doesn't seem to bother you. Because it's not true. It is true. No, it's not. It's, I'll go get you a pack right now. It'll say stoof. It doesn't change the pronunciation of the word. Yeah, it does. Marketing spelling doesn't change the, the spelling or meaning of words. But I don't believe it, that that's <clears throat> always been that way. Pete, do you know how many Best Boys worked on this movie? I do. There was a buttload. Do you know which one I picked? Yep. But let's get to how many there were okay you didn't write them down no i didn't write them down because there's oh, too boy. many there were too many for me to write there were two best boy electrics andy elmendinger and harry braglin a best boy grip named walker crane and a best boy grip <laughs> slash key grip named ted gobel and i believe you picked walker crane no i went with ted gobel because oh. he was doing two jobs two of them that's just taking away from his best boy duties he was like automatically eliminated in my mind oh that's a fair point i didn't think about and I think Walker. I don't think, I don't think that he was slacking. I think it has to be Walker Crane because there's two Best Boy electrics, so they're only doing half the Best Boy job, and the other guy's doing half the Best Boy job because he's also the key grip. There's only one full Best Boy here. Mm. 
I understand your logic, and I, I think it's somehow related to math, and I don't like it, and I inherently distrust it. So I'm going to say that he was good enough to do both jobs. He was just an overabundance of talent. So he's a best boy plus? Yes, but they don't have those designations. But you know what designations they do have, which I also saw for this movie? Do you want to guess? Just pick a thing. <laughs> pick a thing? <laughs> Anything. Cat. No, no, there, there was no cat. But there was... Oh, it was filmed on, that was a credit, to, uh, it was filmed on red cameras. Oh, wow. Those Mm -hmm. are expensive. Do you know who who they got their walkie-talkies, the walkie-talkie rental credit is? I believe that they got them from Digital Editing ET. It's Quixote. Did you not understand my reference? I got you. (laughs) One time, you were texting me to ask my ETA. It's the third time you've told this story on this podcast, and zero times has it been true. Well, I'm going to finish this. Last time time we figured out it was you that did so because you think this is funny. Well, apparently, ETA is the Canadian ET. The end. That's what I had. I I have not told this story three times. You have told it several times in this podcast. Why do you know this? Because I pay attention to the podcast. See, that's why I'm never going to listen to it. For, For example... I know that we've been talking for 10 minutes about suitable flesh and all you've brought to the table is sugar cones and double stoof Oreos. It's a real thing. and It's been bothering me a and, lot. And the best part is he threw his notebook down because he's done with it. That's a true story. He threw it right down, right, right down off of a table because he's done with what he needs on it after double stoof Oreos. And sugar cone waffle cones. Wait, wait, I have I have a couple of other notes. Uh, these were real notes. I couldn't see them because they were so small and cramped in the corner here. But it says the back of a camera smash. I liked that apparently when she backed into yeah. into his body a couple of times trying to kill him. Because once you jump, you've got to kill the brain to stop him. Seems to be the theory that right. they're working under. So. Heather Graham uses the backup. Well, you see it through the backup camera on her dashboard as she backs her car repeatedly into his body, trying to crush him. Yeah. It was pretty cool. That's why I made a little note. Um, I thought the guard getting shot was cool when, when you saw the blood just kind of popping out of him. That right. was fun. And then the whole corpse. The corpse was really fun as it drank. This is itself. all the last three minutes of the movie. Oh, that's when I had my note. I really enjoyed the last three minutes. Well, that was the last half hour that I watched this morning, so it's fresh in my brain, and I had the notes for it. So that first half was just a lot of people doing it. This was a, a body, lot, a body swapping sex demon. Yeah, yeah, but very loosely the thing on the doorstep. Yeah, yeah. I, I told you that before. I, I guess I wasn't listening to you before. This felt like, if anything, it felt like maybe more of what Castle Freak should have felt like because there's a more of a zaniness to this than there was to that movie. It feels 90s, like Castle Freak. Castle Freak didn't have any zany. That's what I mean. It should have had, like, as a follow-up to Reanimator, oh, okay. it might not have to look the same. It can't look the same, and it can't be the same. But it has all the joy of those movies is sucked out of Castle Freak. This one puts it into a horniness, but at least there's some wildness to it. And it wasn't a, wasn't there like an underage teenage girl involved in Castle Freak? I don't remember. <laughs> the thing, you don't remember telling the E.T. story three times, but you remember <laughs> underage. And like, no, here's the best part. I know how your brain works. Why don't you tell people why you remember that? I don't remember. Why do I remember? Because she's sexually me. assaulted by the demon and has to walk around in her, her bra for like half the movie. Oh yeah. That was terrible. Because you brought that up on the podcast too. 
Yeah, again, do you know how this this is like evidence, this whole podcast of how many times I repeat myself and it kid it's not gonna go well in my divorce with Kitty. She's just gonna go look at this. I put up with this for oh, he's, decades. On, he's on to why we put this podcast together. Oh no. Collecting evidence. <laughs> Emergency. Pete, you lost the kids at Crows. I lost well, it's a fair trade. You know they're back right now because of the snowstorm we had? Oh wow! I saw that. I saw that you have a plate full of chicken wings outside for them. Well, it's just what's left. They oh. ate most. I got to go clean those up. Actually, do you order extra? No, Sam, Sam the eight-year-old, said I want chicken wings, and for some reason we got twenty, and then he ate like three, mm. two, and no one else was in the mood. So crows got a really fancy meal for the next few days. Wow, nice thirty-five dollars down the drain. <laughs> That's how we roll. The crows are going to get me back once they learn how to steal for me. The movie has some good performances in it. It does. Uh, I liked... Um, well, Barbara Crampton is always a win. Yep. Heather Graham is... They like sidelined her, though. That's the thing. They sidelined Barbara Crampton for a lot of the movie. You know how much I don't like that. I know. You're so angry. Bruce Davison appears in the movie, and he gets his head cut off. I enjoyed that. Oh. Who was he? He's the father of the main guy. Oh, yeah. When he was a creepy old man. He's Ephraim Waite. Yes. Which is a character from the story as well. All right. And the, the guy playing Asa Wade, I guess his name. Yeah. He's great in the movie. Name. You can even hear it in the clip in the beginning. He's like, I'm all in on this. The, the, he, yeah, the guy yeah, named no. Judah Lewis, and he's really good in the movie. I did. He he did a lot of good switching of the yes. roles, too. I'd like, and, and again, Heather Graham hit it. I don't, I don't know if I liked her performance completely. I liked it when she was possessed. Oh, yeah. She was great. 100% so, there. In retrospect, when you see her doing the demon, I liked her better when she like I liked her performance as not the demon better because it was so distinct. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Okay, but it wasn't a demon necessarily. Well, it was is what it? It, is. it? It was because you know what? That's where I was thinking it was like the case of uh, Charles Dexter Ward, where it was a sorcerer who was swapping bodies through time as well. So I think I was. I thought it was like the statement of Randolph Carter because that's the one I've read. That's it's good like one. a page long. It is a page long, but they've packed a hell of a lot into that page. It has the memorable ending. It does, and it's just the, so pointlessly, like, just obvious. Like, nothing yeah. nothing scary about it, but somehow it is. I hope they make a, a new movie out of that one, too, where there's like a... Where Randolph Carter's just getting fucked by a demon in the thing. Because <laughs> that's apparently what these movies are now. Well, well, that's why I thought it was more like the uh, Castle Freak. I keep trying to call it Night Something, but it's but the, not. The difference between the two is that Castle Freak does at least have some of that imagery you would associate with, with Lovecraft. Lovecraft. This has none. That's the weirdest thing about it being a Lovecraft adaptation. There was. There's which, the talk, and there's the books, and there's it has that stuff. I just mean like. It's and it's set at Arkham, no. but it just looks like a regular hospital. Like they didn't do any of the gothic. Yeah, there's. there's I don't want to say no. gothic. He's got a unique thing. Spin on gothic. It's you know what? It's like slimy gothic. <laughs> slimy gothic. Is that a good way to put what that is? I don't. I don't know because I just read these things. I don't think about them. It felt a lot of it felt too clinical, which you know makes sense because they're doctors in reality. Yeah. It, but uh, it, it didn't have that uh, the stink of of well, they went the wharf on it. Is that the words I want? Because you can smell no, his stuff. The um, uh, the uh, not like because they hit the insanity side of it, right? Like yes. the like, oh yeah, this is madness. You touch madness, but it didn't have the uh, I guess the mystery really. Like because there's a lot of the exploration stuff with Lovecraft. Like you you you're learning about this as you go along, and then you, you know, the two things, find out too much. You find there's a little bit of that when they that's when you get into the more Lovecrafty stuff when they're talking about the lore of it. A little bit. You don't get a ton of it. You just get a little. 
Oh yeah, but it's I don't even remember what the speech was where he gets into the lore of it. He's just basically saying, "Oh, who knows what I am or how old I am." Yeah, but at least it's connected to something that feels Lovecraftian. The the two things that I think are missing from this are the the style that you associate with Lovecraft visually and the unrepentant racism. Those are the two things that we're missing from the from the from make well, this an authentic Lovecraft. Haven't most of those these film adaptations missed the the racism aspects? I think that I think that I well I don't think they all did because I what? think I think the Castle Freak is is an allegory for I that. I don't remember Castle Freak. Oh, the freak himself. What? I don't remember that. I thought the, he was just a freak who lived in a castle. He's an other. Yeah, but he like was an other. He was a freak. Well, a Pete, freak, Brian. Well, Pete. <laughs> what? I think Why you're you? falling. I think you're falling into the love trap. What's the love trap? <laughs> oh no! I see what he did. He, no, Ooh, no, he, he was less than human. That was the point, Pete. He was. That was the point he was making. He sure was. Yes, we so should. We, this is why we we wouldn't go back. They should have done something about that other. Yes. What was he doing? He doesn't belong. You should no. go home. Yeah, and and so what? They wanted that home that he had. It was their home. They wanted it now. So you know he doesn't need to be there causing trouble like he always does. No, the colonials came. You should vacate the premises. Right. You know how this goes. Come on, freak. It's right. Just another example of why they need to go. They don't have the brain power to understand simple like the modern world. That's right. I think you. I th- I th- I think he's got it. I think he's got it. <laughs> oh no! What have we become? Lovecraft, God damn you! God well, damn you! The worst part is that it's impossible to know which of his intentions might have been pure because so many of them were clearly not. That perhaps that that idea isn't what he meant. But I, I don't think he deserves <laughs> the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't. No, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. God damn it! That's Fuck. the problem. He's fallen so far yeah. when you start putting it together that it's like oh all these others are representative of something that they are, should not be i'm gonna feel really stupid in a few years and it's like why did we keep reading that stuff i know because it's good I, is there better is there better lovecraft like because the mythos continues and there are things that are inspired by lovecraft like i would argue that the um with that sam neill one where he's in space and oh, event find, horizon i'd argue that's very lovecraft you know, there's sam neill one too the uh the Possession? john carpenter movie I don't know. It's a mix of King and Lovecraft uh, when he's chasing down Sutter Kane. Chasing down Sutter Kane? Yeah, the book writer, and he's going crazy in the mouth of madness. Oh, in the mouth of madness. That is very HP Lovecraft. And possession's a real, you know, I'm I, talking about yeah, possession. That's another, that's another one that has a bit of a Lovecraft budget. I wonder if Sam Neill is like a secret Lovecraft guy. Oh, no, I like Sam Neill. Not, I know, Rick, doc- see how it changes your perspective on things? Because it's like, because you're like, oh, I'm excited. An actor I really like is in these things. And you're like, but what does that mean? Not Dr. Alan Grant. I mean, we're not going to attach any of this to Barbara Crampton. It's hard out there for women to get good roles. Oh, yeah. Barbara Crampton's way better than all of that, obviously. Yes. With her blonde hair and her blue eyes. Yes, she, she, gets to play, <laughs> she gets to play the good doctor in this one after playing for the a, terrible doctor. For a minute. No, her, her actual character, unswapped character, is, is a solid doctor. The first one I've seen in a while in these in these. I'm going to call them these movies in the H.P. Lovecraft. Well, yeah, I remember they were bad. Well, the first one was Herbert West, Reanimator, who was. Yes, and he was a terrible doctor. But not just him. So was. His uh, his attender. He was the attending for whoever his boss doctor was. Every doctor in there was terrible. Yeah, so that was. And And they were beyond terrible. They were worse. What was. What were. I don't remember them in From Beyond. Well, she was insane in From Beyond. She was the doctor who was like going to make him confront his fears 
because but if if she believed it was fake would be a pretty good thing but you could tell she believed it was real oh yeah because and she also saw it pretty quickly early on and she gets more and more driven to 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 use it so and i remember she gets to the hospital and they're immediately like "Uh, let's just zap her (laughs) (laughs) doctors everywhere terrible that's so it was good to see that come back because this doctor played by heather graham immediately sleeps with her patient that was weird (laughs) yes why was that i don't know because her husband seems fine yeah she seemed this is one of those things where i I always find it interesting when they take the character and they they you know cheating is bad that's fundamentally understood but it's at least somewhat excusable in movies when you find out they're in a terrible relationship or bad relationship it's like this guy seems like he's trying well if they're trying to make you i get they fell out of some things but he's not like he doesn't deserve this if you're trying to make your main character sympathetic, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're just showing. So I, I like when they sometimes don't like it, sometimes do. I liked it in this one because it it's she gets into this mess on her own. Yeah, she does. It's, it it's, it's like her version of letting the demon in, literally. Yeah. yeah, all right, that was weird. All right, so I didn't just miss something because I was tired. She kind of just. No, she just gets seduced by the guy but in, in the form of his father, right? Was it? I don't the, even. Well, no, in the form of the thing that was possessing his father, so it switches to him. Yeah, yeah, it was it was in the young kid Asa. Yes, but it was it's whatever so the, he was. The horny demon possessed her, but he's a horny demon. What are you supposed yeah, to do? Yeah, he was. I don't know. He just immediately wants to fuck everything. Yes, doesn't matter what body. Doesn't in. matter. I find it interesting, and I don't believe here. When Barbara gonna... Crampton finds him tied up, he's just like, "I'm tied up. Why don't we fuck?" And it's like. This guy is one move, <laughs> but it works like three times, but not on Barbara Crampton. Not on Barbara Crampton. But she was the only one smart enough to figure it out. After her husband discovers that he she cheated on him, she still manages to seduce him immediately. Yeah. The timeline was uh, wonky in this one, too. I couldn't keep track of how yeah. much time elapsed between all, because it seemed like it all happened in like a long afternoon, perhaps. I wonder like what the idea was to make this movie as horny as it is. Because it really is. And that doesn't have anything to do with Lovecraft's work at all. I think that's that's part of what they're trying to call as part of like a throwback to the 80s versions. Because, again, you don't see boobs in movies anymore. No. I think we talked about that. True. But, and it, it was weird. That's why I was looking so hard. And that reason only. From Beyond was a horny movie, too. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Barbara Crampton, apparently, <laughs> that, that's the thing. She gets horny when she get, you know, she's exposed to the things from beyond. Well, Reanimator's not a horny movie. She's assaulted in that movie in a sexual way that is very violent and against her will. Yeah, and there were boobs, because that was back yes. in the, the mixing of the sex, which was never Lovecraftian, but it was very much the what, slasher, 80s yep. genre type thing. But it was never a part of Lovecraft stuff, so it's interesting like to adapt it and be like, that is, What's you know, your first idea? Hmm, sex. But it's happened so many times that I now kind of just think that that's what happens. But it's not. It's not. It's not Lovecraft. Maybe that's just what they're replacing the racism with, which is why we're seeing it so clearly and everywhere. Because you got to <laughs> fill in those gaps. I see. Well, it's not a terrible way to fill in the gaps. <laughs> that's I, what. That's what the demon said. That is what the demon said immediately. Every single time, Heather Graham, when the two guards came in, instead of just when they uh, when uh, Barbara Crampton said, "Watch her," after she was talking to the demon Heather Graham, who had replaced her friend, she said, "Come on into the cell and watch this girl." Instead of you know shutting the door and watching her from the outside, but the demon immediately offers blowjobs to the guards. Yes, just uh, you're right. Every single scene, new person. Well, <laughs> what can we do? They didn't talk. Hmm. Did you notice one of those guards was Jonah Ray? I don't know who that is. 
Hey, you do. He's uh, Kumail Nanjiani's friend, who is a comedian who does Mystery Science Theater. Oh, I didn't notice. I got my sweater around again because it's cold outside. Well, oh, I'm wearing my splinter He's got shirt. a splinter of the future's female shirt on. Yes. It's solid shirt. He's a good father. I, w- I got to compliment this. Compliment at this or on this from a boat show, but... I complimented the person first because he had on... Uh, Wait, an, the compliment was from the boat show. Yeah, at a boat show. Oh, at a boat show. From a guy who had an... Uh, what's that town in Jaws? Amity. Yeah, it's the Amity Police Department shirt. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool shirt. And he's like, I was looking at your shirt. I'm like, yeah. He's like, it's really cool. I'm like, thanks. Did you then have like a 15-minute conversation about how these characters don't understand that they're trapped in, in Quint's movie? No, we kind of just like gave each other a cool thumbs up to each other's t-shirts. And Same thing. Yeah. That's just an understanding that the 15. movie is, is really Quint's story. They're just trapped in it from a different perspective. There was a, there was a lot packed into that thumbs up. You can listen to that Jaws episode where we get into surprising detail. I don't remember. You're looking at me like like I remember this <laughs> conversation about, we had. I'm thinking about the sugar cones again, and I'm like, well, with Jaws, we got into surprising detail about the movie. About the sugar cones? Oh, you mean, are you saying that we shouldn't be talking about sugar cones? Because I think they're important, and this news is news that bothers me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the movie is is a slow burn to begin with of, of, of body swaps, and then it gets frantic at the end. I never quite figured out the rules to the body swapping. No, it, no neither did I. Okay, because it seemed like he had to like speak to the person he wanted to swap with because he had to call on the phone. Right. And then by the end, he just, he's laying there as a corpse and he body swaps. Yeah. With. He, he, he does manage to speak though. Yeah. But he could have just, why did he have to call young Asa when he was the old man? I don't know. I don't know either. See, I don't get it. Yeah. I didn't either. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty sloppy movie. Honestly. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel. I like, I like the actors. I thought, you know, they were it seems fun. like they had a lot of fun. The, yeah, the second half, the half hour, the final half hour, I really enjoy. I mean, if you want the softcore porn of the first hour, yeah. I go and for I, it. And I do. Okay. <laughs> I always go back to this in movies like this where it's a little confusing, but they seem to be having a lot of fun doing it, but the movie doesn't really have a lot of humor in it. Just add some jokes, man. It's a cover all for everything. Just add a couple laughs. Well, the first two movies, and if I'm going to call these the, I guess, what's, what's the four movies? Quadrilogy? Yeah. Well, in this quadrilogy of H.P. Lovecraft, Barbara Crampton, is there anyone else involved? Jeffrey Combs. Well, he's, but not, he's not in, in this one. Right. The writer. The writer, okay. I don't know what my point was. I was trying to in figure out. In the first what, two. In the first two, there was a lot more fun. Yes. A ton of fun. Yes. There is, Reanimator's a great dark comedy. Absolutely. Yeah. There's zonkiness. And From Beyond is just a wild movie, and there's some funny stuff in there, too. And then Castle Freak has none of that. No. This one's more in the middle what was the funny in this it's no at least it's having fun oh well they're having fun they're having very fun obviously in the third act it gets you know the, the the swapping at the end gets fun in the hallway when you don't it's hard to explain i just spent time yelling to, sh- to not shoot anybody and i'm like oh shoot her and it's like everything's happening so quickly and everyone's oh, yes yeah that was fun yeah all right i'll agree that was fun you're right i see what you're saying and you. the guy playing asa is giving a, a really fun performance and he went all over the place yes. with the different things. I really enjoyed his. It's like he gets that it's a B movie, you know. That's what, I, and they all they all kind of did. And that's what I, I like when people commit. Like Heather Graham knows what movie this is, and like that's what makes it kind of work. Yeah, absolutely. 
And Barbara Crampton she, is she Barbara Crampton. In, she invented right. this movie. But that, I don't know. Why is that a surprise, I guess? I don't... What's the surprise? That it, it it's people having fun and it's... No, I said that this is, you know, I just think you should have more jokes then. If you're having fun anyway, it seems easy to slip them in. Yeah. As, as easy as that demon slips his penis into Heather Graham. Like, immediately. It's like she, the second meeting and she's like... She yep. didn't even think that it was real yet, did she? I don't believe. She didn't know that he was switching. They switch while they're having sex, and then she sees herself from the other perspective. Right. So at the time, she's just, I've been seduced. And this kid seemed like an underage kid. I don't think he was underage. No, I, I was very confused. Because at Sexually. first. <laughs> did you, didn't Whether you? or not your feelings were okay or not. <laughs> well, we all go through that phase where. You're oh, <laughs> you sometimes have to stop what you're watching and look up Wikipedia and then watch it in a different way when you return. <laughs> That's that's never happened to anybody before. No. When you when you you know well we've talked before we're 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 off the hook we we really really were attracted to Michelle Pfeiffer and Ant Man Quantumania so I think we gotta we gotta get out of jail free card. What she did look good. She in looked that amazing. Leather outfit. She looked amazing. That's right. That's Catwoman. She's that's still right. wearing that leather. Yeah. All right. I, I'm, so I think it's okay that sometimes you'll look at something and be like, I wonder how old she is, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> Oh, I've stopped. Oh, that, I've completely stopped. I can't tell anyone's age anymore. No, like, I know I've, that. I've just given up. I just like, uh, I just don't look at people anymore, which is why I, I guess it's good. I don't know. It's good. We we now look at the world the way the world looks at us, a non-sexual object. <laughs> it's a nice place to be. I was tired of people always catcalling me everywhere I went. Yeah. Always with the Those are the cats, off. though. Well, because I carry tuna fish in my pocket. That's it's true, just too. in case. Tuna fish and peanuts, and, and, and I, chicken used to, wings. I used to carry birdseed, but and, I don't do that and anymore. And excess chicken wings. Well, sometimes. It's no, it's no pocket dog, but a pocket chicken wing is a, a sloppy second. It's true, though. I've been in public with him, and he just reaches in and has, like, bird feet on him. <laughs> it's very strange. In case I meet any animal friends. Yep. I used to steal honey from, like, those free, uh, you know, they give you a little condiments at, like, the tea bars. All those tea bars you go to. <laughs> I used to put them in my pocket. I want to amend something. People stopped looking at you as a sexual object a long time before now. What? What's a tea bar? You know, those things where you get the stuff for your tea or your coffee, like no, the sleeves. No, I don't know that. Or the little drink stirs or creamers or... Uh, I've never had tea in my life. Mm. Well, it's also at the coffee, because sometimes coffee and tea come from the same machine. Well, I drink coffee black. I like my coffee well, anyway. the way Lovecraft hated his people. Black. Well, that, that holds together. Yes. I had to think about that one for a minute because I was lost in honey thoughts. Yeah, I've never had honey. <laughs> what? What am I putting it in? I just told you I drink coffee black and I don't drink tea. Oh my gosh, so you've never had local honey. No, I've never it's had local honey. It's the best kind of honey. No. The very best. Local. Just get it. Wouldn't know that it's better than anything else. I've never compared it to anything else. Well, you know what? Maybe you should try some normal table honey. Cause what am I putting it on? Nothing. Just take a spoonful of it. And no. <laughs> <laughs> drink it, drink it, squirt it right out of that little bear's head right down your mouth. That'll it's, never happen. Oh, so good. I if you get too much, and if you accidentally get it up into your nose, it's hard to breathe. I have no concept of what honey tastes like. This is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. How have you never had honey in your life? What am I putting it in? Have you ever had like a, a honey graham cracker? Have you had a graham yeah, cracker? Yeah, I've had a honey graham cracker. See, that tastes like honey? Uh, tastes more like a graham cracker. That's what I was going to say. Because <laughs> I've had various different kinds of graham crackers. They all taste about the same. God damn it, you're right. In fact, I'd be hard-pressed to tell graham crackers apart in yes. a blind taste test. But I haven't had them in a while. I know I'm kind of jonesing for some. 
Some graham crackers? Yeah, they sound pretty good. I got some graham crackers and I, some applesauce. I'll I, hook you up. I have a rule about eating open food at a house with children in it. <laughs> I'll give you an unopened pack. Because your kids walk around and they're just disease bags. Oh, 100%. <laughs> That's not the top of what I bring home. <laughs> and I, I treat... I treat uh, STDs like the Pokemons. You got to catch them all. I'm gonna have. I got a little checklist on the back of the door. I remember the first time you used that joke, and (laughs) I just thought it was it was the first time I heard anybody do it. So I think you. This is so long ago. I believe you did invent it, and I thought, boy, I'm really glad that Pokemon exists because it feels like he had when working workshopping that joke forever. And he's like, none of this, nothing fits what I want to say about STDs. I, 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 I'm so sad that it was that long ago, because I was, think you're right. It's like the day Pokemon came out, he's like, I got something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I was like, I wonder how long he's been sitting on that going, why isn't there just something you have to collect? Baseball cards? No. And clearly, once you have a good joke, you just keep saying it, because whoever says it last, you know, it's their joke. First, so. t- first time on the podcast, though, unlike the ETA joke that is... Well, first but not last time. His dad jokes come from long before he was a father. I know. I just grew right into it. I figure that uh, Alzheimer's is going to be a real smooth transition for me. Like, nobody's going to notice. Well, like, no, nobody will notice. No, they're like, oh... Pete has Alzheimer's? Yeah, he's had it for 20 years. Like, no one knew. He's just sitting in the other room talking about Nicholas Cage projects. It's <laughs> like, you know what the worst part is? Is that you could have had it for at least four months of this podcast and I didn't notice either. That's what I'm saying. I uh, think I might already be gone. At least now we've figured out where your kids came from. You told so many dad jokes, they just magically appear. <laughs> that, that you, makes, get, you get children at some point. That makes a lot more sense. And it makes me respect Kitty a lot more. Oh, she had nothing to do with it. That's what I mean. Yeah. I mean if, if it was the natural way and, you know, we did it with me involved, like, Kitty, look at the choices you well, made. You've told me before, like, can you believe my luck? Two times I've had sex with her and two kids popped out. <laughs> That's normal, though, yeah. right? She's like, we have sex the way that you always do. Six months after, six months before they're born. That's how you have those kids. <laughs> the night before, the night before the baby needs to come out, yes. to pop it so it can come out. That's when you do it. That's what I was told. That's how you free the baby. Mm. You said you were in the room for that, weren't you? What? When, when <laughs> they scooped him out? My wife? When they scooped him out? Yes. And I, apparently, it's gross, first off. And <laughs> apparently. I, uh, I don't remember which kid it was, because Kitty had to have two C-sections. Yeah. I said something, or I was joking too much, and they sewed her up crooked, or they cut her crooked, because I made them laugh while they were cutting her. You must have used your Pokemon joke. <laughs> I probably did. I have to think of the content. I should ask Kitty, you know. She was drugged up. Yeah, but I told a joke, and it made people laugh, so I'm assuming she remembers that. No, because she was rolling her eyes. Yeah, I assume. I don't know. I wasn't looking. I was looking at whatever the thing was that came out of here, like Pengram? a chest burster, but, you know. From her belly. If you had a third kid, would you name oh. him Ben Grimm? Oh, man, that was Ben Grimm. Yeah. Kitty, do you remember the joke Pete told where you were getting sewn up <laughs> having your second or first child? Second. A second? Do you remember the joke? Wait, which one? Ooh, see? She might remember. Which one, she says. There are multiple jokes. No, he said that he made the doctors laugh so hard that they butchered you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she drew a line with a little V, like and a check mark. That was his first. That's what she said. Okay. That's um, what she said. But I don't remember what the Oh, it was because I asked you, what if I f- feel something? 
Like, what if it starts hurting, hurting or something? What if it starts hurting? Yeah, yeah, you were asking. And you said, I have like 800 hands inside me right now. No, but that that was not them sewing you up or cutting you. Did he try his ETA yeah. material on you? Is that what it was? That was sewing up, I swear. No, that was, oh yeah, maybe it was. Eh, what I do know. I know? Yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah, there in the room watching. I was, I was drugged. Yeah, and she was drugged up. Who's, whose story are you going to believe? So weird that she got pregnant and delivered in the same way. All drugged up. <laughs> I was drunk both times. That's right. <laughs> well, that's also the normal way of things, isn't it? I met her at a bar. That's true. Yeah, all right. It's 1980s me. Pete the horny demon. Pete the horny demon. I like that. It's like Danny and the Clonosaurus. <laughs> Pete the Horny Demon. They've got a Pete the Cat book. Why not a Pete the Horny Demon book? It's a line of children's books I'm going to start working on. I feel like you know why. <laughs> no, I don't know. I've got a book of goblin porn. You know what's funny is if you write the Pete the Horny Demon book, it gets adapted into a Lovecraft adaptation that's just all about racism. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's the bizarro version. You've got to invert it all. That'd be an awful movie. I guess. Yeah, if I were to rank this, I liked it better than Castle Freak. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Why? Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah. That movie also, like Castle Freak. that movie also sidelines Barbara Crampton, but there's nobody else to give the role to. So it's weirder that they do it in that one, I guess. Yeah, I get it. I like to have, I think she had a well, she always has fun in her movies. Oh yeah. So it's nothing. You're right. I just, I guess it doesn't bother me as much that she's sidelined like you. You just, just like Barbara Crampton doing. You know, I am. Whenever she's not on screen, I think the character should be asking, "Where's Barbara Crampton?" Every time we see a movie, you're like, "Why isn't Barbara Crampton in this role?" I, it's true. I think that she should be in everything. In that Stephen King movie with a not Stephen King, Stephen Spielberg, the AI, you're like, he should be that. She should be that little kid. I don't like, understand why she wasn't Oppenheimer or the bomb. Yeah, why not? Because she's the bomb. Both. That's my dad joke. Oh no, I got a kid now. <laughs> You're getting really close. No. Your mom is going to be so happy when I she know. finds out. She's like, how did this happen? And I'm like, well, let me tell you about a story about Barbara Crampton being the bomb. Oh, no, triplets. Oh, let me tell you. Apparently, I heard through the grapevine, my mom listened to, tried to listen to this podcast. Oh, boy. That you have. And I guess, I no, guess no, she Pete, told Kitty. That we have. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's <laughs> be careful. She said... What, uh, what did Kitty say? Something to the effect of, it, it just sounded like Brian and Pete being a bunch of assholes talking their nonsense, and she had to turn it off. Yeah, that's true. It was the first one, for sure. Oh, that could be any of them, though. Huh? Oh, I, no, it could be. I thought you meant the first episode. It could be any of these episodes. It's just oh. Brian and Pete talking their bullshit. Yeah, it was one with just you two, though. Oh, even, uh, even worse. more interesting. Well... So the mom votes in. There's a big no for this project. <laughs> Talking our nonsense like a bunch of assholes. <laughs> That's a review. My mom was all excited because she ran into your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Did they fall down? Yeah. <laughs> they fell down. I wonder if That's they ever got up. I didn't check on that. Careful, you're going to have another kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they, and, then, and then your daughter texted her about it. <laughs> what? <laughs> your daughter texts my mom all the time. <laughs> what? <laughs> She calls her all the time, too. What? Yeah. Yeah. Who gave that kid a phone? I don't know. Why? Is your mom mine or no? No. Okay. <laughs> Why is a 10-year-old girl calling a 65-year-old woman? 
to be fair, I think she calls me and her. She called her from the, the Sabres game you took her to. She called her? Wow. Yeah. Good for good for them. It's a nice little friendship my 10-year-old's getting with all these <laughs> octogenarians. But my mother told me the story about running into your mother. I asked zero follow-up questions. I don't know where. I don't Did know they? what that was about. I just I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I moved on with my life. <laughs> but it just occurred to me. I started a story, and that was all I knew of it. I, re- I read a Pete headline. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the wave of the future. You got to write it now. I was going to ask you follow-up questions, too. Well, I was hoping that she ran into her at the old folks' home your mom's at, and she was looking into property. <laughs> the one that's right next to the... Crematorium. Crematorium. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in between, there is a uh, assisted living where no, they... they closed. Uh-oh. It's just straight to the crematorium <laughs> now. Cut out the middle, man. I love it. Right? Just, yeah. Here you go. And it is nice because we can just kind of push my mom off the balcony and it's just a little roll down the hill to the crematorium. Oh, I watched that James Bond movie, Quantum of Solace, the other day. And in it, uh, an associate of his gets killed and he just throws his body in the dumpster. And the girl's like, you're just going to leave him like that? And he's like, he wouldn't care. And I thought about it. I just want to make this clear to you, Pete. If I die somewhere and we're out, you can just throw my body in the dumpster. I don't care. I need to be frozen cryogenically. It would just be so much easier for everybody if you don't have to pay. Nobody has to pay anything. Nobody has to do anything. If I'm dead and you just just toss me in the dumpster. Well, for the record, robot body, if that cryogenic freezing isn't happening. For the record, donate me to science. For the record, I'm going to see what the price on the open market is for a corpse before I donate anything to science. Are Are you an organ donor or do you want the entire package delivered to science? I gotta check my license. See if I'm an organ donor. See if you see but if you signed up for it when Pete drugged you. Really, like my pancreas is useless. I saw, true. I saw the sign. Yeah, and it opened up my eyes I that somewhere in one of those countries, those Nordic countries, the rule is you. Uh, I think you're automatically signed up to be an organ donor, mm-hmm. and unless you opt out, and if you opt out, you also opt out of receiving organs if you're in an accident. Hmm. That's like, a big fuck you. And I'm like, ooh, that's a pretty solid system. Feels like I wouldn't I'm opt out until near the end. <laughs> oh, till after you get an organ. Like, it, well, yeah, I would go, I would ride into my late 60s before I start considering changing it out. And then I'd see how I'd feel. And I'm like, oh, this is starting to turn on me. Uncheck. <laughs> Feels like I can game the system a little bit. <laughs> Pete, I watched a movie where someone was stuck in a trunk. The entire movie to follow up on being stuck in the porta potty, <laughs> and it was excellent. What movie was that? It's called Trunk. Mm. Is it about elephants? It's out on Amazon Prime now. By now, I mean two days from when we record this, so I don't want you to run off to to watch <laughs> suitable flesh on Shutter and Trunk on Amazon Prime. Oh, we can't man. do it today. I wanted to watch the first hour again. It was excellent, and it's in German, so it's a lot of reading. But it was some of the most interesting and dynamic camera movement i've ever seen in a movie there was more trick shots and cool shit going on in this movie it didn't feel at all like you were trapped in this trunk i mean it did when you're supposed to it's literally just in the trunk the she's whole time. a woman is kidnapped and she wakes up she's not supposed to before the trunk's all closed and the guy's out the guy that's kidnapping her she's out smoking in front of the car and she manages to retrieve her phone from a bag of possessions that they've taken out of the car and so she's when she comes back she pretends she's asleep she gets locked in the trunk and she's able to try to get help try to find out what's happening, try to happen to her for over the course of the 90 minutes. And it's incredibly good, like shockingly good. Okay. Is there anyone in it? 
No, other than just the, whoever the actress all, is all in the big, trunk. All these big German stars, you know. Oh, it's all German, right? Yeah. Mila, no, she's Ukrainian. Who is the one from Run Lola Run? Frank Potante. Yes. <laughs> Good call. I like that. That movie came out a long time ago. She was it? also in the Born Identity, and then killed, summarily murdered at the beginning of Born Supremacy. I. I never saw the first one, and I saw the second one in the theater. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, there's Frank Capitano. I'm like, oh, there she goes. And I was kind of sad because I liked her because working at the independent theater in college, we got all those you know independent movies, which she was a star of. Worse than just not having her back. <laughs> no, they brought her back. I mean, I'm glad she got paid. But it's a major part of the first movie. It, it's, it's, the, it's the Hicks and Newt problem from Alien 3. They killed off Hicks and Newt off screen in between oh, movies because right. Newt had grown old. Yeah. But, like, I just spent this incredible journey with you characters that were so important. And then when the next time you see these people, it's like, oh, they're dead now. It's like, that's horseshit. And, like, I'm not saying born identity is, is aliens, but it's a good movie. And their relationship is an important part of the movie. And then five minutes into the next movie, it's like, oh, she's dead now. Like, what? I hate when they do that. I like the Jeremy Renner one. But you can do it in horror movies. You shouldn't do it in non-horror movies. Why does it work in horror? Because that's what you're there for. You're there to see people die. You're there to feel, you know, oh. danger. But and you I always that, want your final girl, too. Yeah, it, but I don't mind when they bring back characters and kill them in horror. But when you bring back, like, the second lead of a hit movie and then kill her five minutes in because she's not part of it, like, that's, just let her have it. Just let her move on. You know, and with suitable flesh, jumping back. Oh, my God, you did it. <laughs> the The ending... Because it, it seems like it, I mean, yeah, it ended that way because that's the Lovecraft ending. It's usually bleak yeah. and depressing, and the bad guy wins. They end so up. They, it ends up with the the horny demon possessing Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton's character. Barbara Crampton is trapped in Heather Graham's body, and Heather Graham has killed herself. Yes, Heather Graham is gone. Yes, and Barbara, so the, the yep. body lives on with Barbara Crampton trapped in it, nobody believing her, and, and she's Barbara locked Crampton's body up in lives the, the horny asylum. demon. Yep, yeah. and the horny demon is out seducing the widowed husband of don't you want the sequel now the one starring barbara crampton as the horny demon (laughs) this is a prequel to my favorite movie of all time if they because that would work if they lean into the actual humor as you like with the jokes and such yes that would now you've got you've got a banger you've got a gremlins 2 situation where the you've got a really yes. great fun sequel that and the female gremlin will be played by Barbara Crampton. It's perfect. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Is that a song? It is a Tim McGraw song from the nineties. <laughs> That's the only time I know country. Well, aside from Johnny Cash and such, it's the only time I know music of country persuasion because of the nineties pop country thing yes. that happened. It was everywhere. Faith Hill. Everywhere is the name of an album by Tim McGraw. <laughs> wow. Garth Brooks was a person. Garth Brooks existed. was a person. Shania Twain was a person. Yep. Uh, uh, what was that one song that she had? Kenny Chesney was a person? I don't believe that. You, you like that song. She thinks my tractor is sexy. I don't remember that song. doesn't sound like a song I would like. Whoa, don't go painting me with a brush here. I, she thinks my tractor? Mm, no. <laughs> You like the Dixie Chicks? I know that. I do like the Dixie Chicks. Oh, that's not their name anymore. What are they now? They're the Chicks. Oh, is that for the the, the George W. I think it's related to politics. I'm not sure it's a George W. Bush thing. Oh, okay. 
Because I remember vaguely there was some big split and yes. there was another country person who was all in in the Iraq war and we support our president. Toby Keith, you wrote a song about America kicking people's asses and it became a hit. But somebody had the funniest line like, yeah, I can rhyme Liberty Bell with hell too. <laughs> like it's not, it's not real art here. <laughs> and then And then they all went away. Like I never heard any of them again well, after. I think we all just stopped listening to country. Every, uh, yeah, I guess I literally. There was a peak. There was a late, like a ninety-six to two thousand peak country where there was, was weird. But there was really good stuff. There was like it was pop. It was pop hits. That's where Taylor Swift was born. <laughs> she was country artist first, and it became country pop, and then it just became pop. That's right. She was. I forgot. Low those many years ago. Oh, boy, there it is. I went to the George Strait Music Festival once. And it was Tim McGraw and the Dixie Chicks and Kenny Chesney and George Strait played a full concert after like this long day of, of people playing hour long sets. It was really good. I stayed at a hotel in Vegas when I guess Faith Hill was there. Yeah. And you know how they um they just play like what the options are at the hotel you're at on whatever channel the TV's on, just giving you everything. Well, they kept playing uh, This Kiss by Faith Hill. Yes. Every like two minutes, they do a two minute break to play the song. And it's like, criminal. It was not criminal. It just it wormed its way into That's my brain. I know it is. Huh? I remember. Do you remember Tim McGraw punched a police horse here, didn't he? <laughs> no, no. Tim, Kenny Chesney stole a horse. What? Tim McGraw punched a police officer. What? <laughs> they were at some concert tour here, and Kenny Chesney just uh, drunkenly or funnily just got on a police horse, started riding it, and I think Tim McGraw punched a guy in the face. And I remember that I used this is so many years ago that I worked at McDonald's on Sheridan, and there was a like a high end toy store across the street from it. I remember the whole town was a buzz because Faith Hill was in there shopping because they were waiting their court arraignment. <laughs> I remember that because yeah. they had to come back to Buffalo. Yes. To, because he punched a cop, I think. They got away with it. Of course. Well, I, I like them, though. They're, they seem like decent folk. Mich- so I'm glad. Marshawn Lynch ran over a person. and, and Yeah, but also punch cops. It's fine. Yeah, again, I, I guess I don't really. I just I just wanted, I wish we had video of it. Like, and it's just, just riding away like, I'm on this police horse. That was before in ye olden times. Yes. Before they had video. Yes, before there were videos. But yeah, so they died. Unhappily, but in, who I don't remember. I think I was talking about suitable flesh and Heather Graham and Barbara Crampton being the bad guy. Yeah, it ends. Winning. It ends with the promise of a Barbara Crampton movie. I doubt we're getting. Yeah, it'd be nice if they did. How is the Onyx and the Talisman of Fortuitous Souls? Close. You got all the words. <laughs> How is the Talisman made of Onyx that has a fortuitous soul inside of it? I enjoyed the movie a lot. It's very funny. It's the opposite of this one where it's going all for comedy. All right. They didn't try. Is it Lovecraftian or something? Yeah, a little something? bit. A little, little bit more of a, maybe a D&D thing. But, oh, okay. But kind of. So much of that stuff comes from Lovecraft in ways that it's hard to tell what is and isn't anymore. Well, you know what I mean? Like, Well, yeah, the idea of like a, a real outsider, not like just designated outsider, but like these things outside has, of comprehension. It definitely has like a D&D setup, but it's about demons trying to possess things. And it's like, so much of this stuff comes from Lovecraft stories. Yeah, but it probably comes from stories before Lovecraft. Too. Maybe. I'm but sure it does. These what are popularized also, it, though? Well, everything's popular at different times. Beowulf was a thing that was huge at some point, because we still remember it. Right? That's like a snake dragon. There's a dragon there. There's a mother of monsters. There's a Grendel. That's well, all. All I remember is that I didn't watch the movie because it looked bad. What? The 13th Warrior starring Antonio Banderas? No, Beowulf. The... 
Michael Crichton, Eaters of the Dead, which was the retelling of Beowulf. Mm. It, it was, I think I saw that one in the theater too. You know what that movie did really well? Did you ever watch it? Which one? 13th Warrior. No. Oh, they did a really good job of showing somebody learning a language because it was just Antonio Banderas. Oh, now I have to watch it. <laughs> it's the best I've ever seen. Remember when James Spader could just speak ancient Egyptian in Stargate? Oh, Stargate. <laughs> yeah. This one, he had to learn it. It showed him sitting around the campfire. And at first, you know, he doesn't understand. It's just all gobbledygook to him. And then you like, you hear one word and then you hear like a different word in it. And then eventually he can talk. And that's how he learned to speak Viking or Beowulf. Stargate is one of those movies where I walked out of it thinking, this movie was terrible, right? And then everywhere I turned, people were like, you see Stargate? It was great. And I was like, what is happening? It's Kurt Russell, man. I know, and that's fine. But the movie itself is not good. What are you talking about? And then it launches like two series that last like nine years. And I'm like, didn't we say all we had to say in Stargate? Clearly not. There's two series that would beg to argue with you. I just remember like, you have this interesting concept, and then it's boring as shit. And you have Kurt Russell. But it's boring as shit. He was military, Kurt Russell. And I'm supposed to take James Spader seriously as like a leading man, and I'm not doing it. <laughs> was there anybody else in that movie? Or was uh, the just... guy from The Crying Game. I don't know who that is. I don't know what his name is, but I know that he was the bad guy. Is he a Steven? No, I don't think so. Is he a uh, Mitchell? Right, we're not going to play this game because I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I could do this for at least another we, 10 minutes. We could do this forever, and one time no. you'll be right. We just don't know when. No, I can do it about 10 minutes. I've already told you. This is a 10-minute bit. I can extend it that far. That's, I can really probably only think of about a minute's worth of names, and I'm out. I was trying to do a Mad Lib last night with the kids and Kitty, and I couldn't think of a noun. <laughs> a noun. Is it a noun, a noun? All I have is the Menomina song in my head now. Menon, a noun. Menon, a noun. I think his name was Jay Davidson. That doesn't sound right. Alive. Oh, is that what we've been doing this whole time? Not this whole time for the last two seconds while I was I trying meant to this whole podcast. It was. He was in he was only in The Crying Game in nineteen ninety two, Stargate in nineteen ninety four, a documentary in nineteen ninety five, and then that appears to be about it. One television film in ninety four called Jiggery Pokery. Oh, that reminds me. How did Jiggery I... Pokery reminded you? Jiggery Pokery reminded me. I had Nick Cage news. You and already did Nick Cage. I didn't. I gave a Nick Cage update because I saved. All right, then I'll save this one. It'll work anywhere. It just works for suitable flesh and Barbara. Well, go ahead and do it. All right, I can't find it. I guess I can't. These are my talk to me notes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, in, in honor of suitable flesh and Barbara Crampton and the one boob of Heather Graham that was in this movie, that the word boob represents boobs from every view. Like a capital B, think of a capital B, that's top-down boobs. Think of the two O's, that's front, you're looking at them straight on. Little lowercase b, side boob. Every letter. Yeah. Pretty interesting, huh? I guess so. What what, what about um, the three-titted lady from Total Recall? Oh, what was So that not every one of them. You know what? I hate it when you call me out on things, but you did. God damn it. Although you, apparently last time you called me out for talking about, uh, I watched Hell House LLC and you watched Hell House LLC. At one point in our conversation where I failed to, uh, apparently you described the scene in detail. I was talking about, it was cool to see specs from, uh, 
Bob, what the hell? Oh, I always just assume you don't know what you're talking about. There's well, a difference between the two of us. Well, it turns out things. he wasn't in the first movie. He yeah. was in Cooties, which I think I also saw. Uh, There's, so he wasn't even in the same movie. But you just let me talk, and now I understand why. When it comes to you identifying people, I just let it go. Because you're never right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just not going to take the time to correct you every time. If you think you suspects, I'm happy for you. <laughs> That's what we've, I've known you for 30 years. I've just reached the point of, yes, that person was in that movie. Well, it confuses me because I think I'm right for a long time. And then I get yelled at by people like Kitty. Oh, she listened to it. <laughs> no, she, she hasn't listened to it. She, she stopped listening to the podcast. I assume. Well, your mom tried. My mom tried. So again, we're, we're down with the moms. My mother would never listen to this podcast. <laughs> she never would. No. All right. All right. I yeah. have nothing else to say about well, Did Sue you Wolf figure Flash. out if you liked it or not? I think I figured out it's like not as good as the two great ones, and it's not as bad as the it's not it's closer to the bad one than the great ones, I think, but it's it's yeah, it's I'll, fun. I'll fall with that. But that's it, that's an impossible task. Like I'd love Reanimator. I'd love From Beyond. Those are can't recapture those feels. Well, again, Psycho Gorman. Again, like I think we talked about Psycho I don't think Gorman. it recaptures the feels of those though. It's up. It's in there though, and there's a lot of movies out these weird little, these weird little things that catch. I feel like the essence of it. Yeah, but you're right. It's not those movies. No, and those those movies are, are something. Nothing has to be those movies. This is a good movie. It just wasn't. Uh, I don't that even, classic. I don't even think it's H.P. Lovecraft. Like these things, there aren't a lot of great H.P. Lovecraft movies. The Color Out of Space, which I have not seen. The Herbert West Reanimator, which is, which is not the title of it, but it's great. <laughs> From uh, Beyond. Yeah, I guess I'll give from beyond. It's it's Lovecraft enough. But I'm trying to think of great ones. I know there's more. <laughs> that, might, that might be all of them. All right, I'm a, I'm That's a, what I mean. They're, they're, we had a long stretch of decades oh, without in the mouth of madness, and we if, just talked. If you about, want to count, I'll, that. I'll count. I feel those. like it's more. It's it's a weird mix of King and Lovecraft because it's about a world famous super powerful writer, which is never H. P. Lovecraft. Yeah, that's Stephen King. But the material was more Lovecraft than King. Well, that's what I think I was going for the material. The, yeah, the material he wrote seemed more Lovecraft. Oh than no, King. I meant the general, uh, the world that they're inhabiting. The that's what I mean. Yeah, the, well, that's, that's the more material Lovecraft. coming to life for them. Is the Lovecraft that's more Lovecraft yeah. than King? It seems, but the character itself is definitely more King than Lovecraft. Oh yeah, because yeah, it wasn't based. Lovecraft off of wasn't him. popular or famous at all. No, no. I gave him a dollar. No, I funded his races. We've talked about this before, but uh, I need to atone. But he was pen pals with a young Robert Block who wrote Psycho. We did. And he wrote a ton of stuff in the Cthulhu mythos. He did. And he was, a, he was one of the curators of it for a long time. It's That's just fascinating to me, the connection between Lovecraft and Psycho, because they're two real tent poles of horror fiction. At Brian Campbell is another big one. He was a part of their circle. The Sabres hockey player? Yeah. Hey, I want to get a Rick Jenner at Sabres jersey. What do you think? Well, he's not using his anymore. Well, all right, then. I'm going to get that. Yeah. Be able to get one out of his closet, I guess. All right. I assume it's still there. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> All right. I have nothing else. Me neither. But uh, yeah, the horror fiction, you got Edgar Allan Poe. As far as I know, nothing happens for 100 years. Like Bram Stoker might have wrote something, I don't remember. And then uh, you, got, you got Frankenstein maybe before that, but that's more science fiction at the time. Then you get your Lovecraft. Then you get Psycho breaking through the movies. I know that there were universal horror movies before that by James Whale that are masterpieces. But these are, it's funny when you look back, because now there's so much horror, there's so much content, like everything else, there's so much content, that it's hard for anything to stand out the way that those those tent poles do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Whether, uh, even Stephen King, like, that's great, but that was also the 80s and 90s. And now, 
there's a thousand horror writers that are probably good. And I'm not going to, I don't know their names. That's not even getting into the online publishing yeah. side of things yep. where there's authors who like, it's, it's like you're saying content. It's no the same thing with movies. Like when we were growing up, there was three channels or four channels and then cable came and there still wasn't that many channels. It was like 20 channels and everybody watched the same things, but it was cool because it brought back some of the things you wouldn't have seen before. I'm sure I saw Bride of Frankenstein for the first time on Turner classic movies. And that's cool that I got to do that. Cause it, you know, brought, would I ever see it again? How would I know that it was great? But, like, I'm sure I saw Psycho for the first time on, like, that. And that's cool. But, like, you know, that was 1960. And then you got you got to go back. To, you got to go all the way up to, like, 73, 74 to start getting the next things, like the Exorcist, that are, like, those are the ones. I know there's things stuff in between, but those are just gigantic things. Who's going to remember, you know, what's the best horror movie of this of the, of the 2020 so far? I don't know. There's a thousand of them. I mean, I think it's Godzilla minus one. But there's, there's like, a thousand of them. So I know like, which one it's not. It's not Megan. Is that Megan? Oh God, twenty twenty four. But that's what I mean. Like I think it follows was like the last all time I put up the train to Busan. Those ones, they're they're great, and they will stand out to me. Do they stand out to other people? No. People in the horror community, some people in the horror community, right, right. Maybe, but, but it's like, not the broad spectrum. No, everybody everyone, knows Psycho. Everybody like, knows Edgar Allan Poe. Like everyone knew Friends. Everyone yes. knew uh, Seinfeld. But like, these back were the in things. back in the day, horror used to be able to do that. Everybody knew the Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre. You know how many people know. You know, I, I, last year the, the Innocence was my was the best movie of the year in yeah, my I, opinion. I still don't that. know what that is. That's what I mean. And it's like this 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 times changed in a way that is good for passion of content, bad for that content sticking out and standing the test of time forever. And well, streaming has a lot of problems. It's with that. finding an audience. Yeah, like a broad audience. You it's can a, always find an audience, but it's, it's very a great niche. time to live in niche. as a fan of something because you can get so many versions of whatever thing it is you love. But future generations will look back at this like a massive blob of gray. Agreed. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of sad. Noise. You know, it's weird talking about watching. It's like you said, watching on TV. I've seen so many horror movies or movies just because it was on and I'm too lazy to change the channel when it yeah. pops. I don't do that anymore. And the thing is, I get... Ben Grimm. <laughs> he sure is. I always forget that. Thank you. So anyway. Ben, the thing is, the situation as it is. Ben Grimm is, when I'm trying to watch something, I sometimes won't start anything because I have to read through so many things and I just get tired of trying to figure out what kind of mood I'm in because I don't know what the movie is. So I just go back to something I've seen a hundred times or so. It's one of the comfort, comfort movies. Yeah. But if it was on TV, I'd just sit there and watch it, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, eh, it's on. Let's see how it is. I can always turn it. I look at a movie like we watched the movie Gods and Monsters. Back when it you know came out like on DVD or video, is and that like, the Brendan Fraser one? Yeah, okay. The Ian McKellen Brendan Fraser about yes. James Whale, the guy who directed Brad Frankenstein. And it's a great movie, and I just thought if that movie came out today, I do have an interest in James Whale, so I would see it. But like, when? Wow, how? How would I even know? Okay, you know what I mean? Like, there's a thousand movies came out this week. Oh, with all the different platforms. Yes, and. It's even if I see it, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna hold the thing where like I think about that movie a lot. And it's not like my favorite movie of all time, but I think about it. And like I watch these movies now every day for the site. And like I don't think about them ever. And it's like that's just sad. No way. I mean, I think about Godzilla minus one because it's that good. I think about talk to me sometimes. Like it's tough. It's tough for these things to gain a foothold in. I think Godzilla minus one. I think it's gonna hold up too. But it's but also banking off of seventy years. That's why. Of- that's why, because when something is arguably the best version of something that's lasted that long, it's like why, you know, uh, Casino Royale and Skyfall, those are classics because they're in a thing that's 26 movies and they're among the best ones. So when you get that, it's like, well. Yeah. It's not a like a new thing. 
Like, well, we talk about the Marvel movies all the time. They just start drowning. They're starting to drown themselves out. It's just yeah. done. It's just, well, all of the Disney stuff. Like, Star. I love Star Wars. Do it's, you? We've never I, talked about it. Well, let me tell you. I, I know you're a Star Trek guy, but I've missed all of the Paramount stuff because I don't have those channels. And it, I'm never going to... Like, now there's so much, I don't have the time to go back and watch a show from... 10 years ago or whenever the hell you know well, you know that i'm but. not a big star wars guy but i do watch everything but i guess i got so like uninterested in the the book of boba fett and i didn't even see the, the last season of the mandalorian and i didn't see andor which i know is like people say maybe the for what i like in star wars it's probably going to be the thing i like the most in star wars and i just like i haven't found time to watch those six episodes of andor like that's insane yeah, no, I'm right there with you. But there's then, so much stuff. I couple that with having kids. Like yeah. you don't have that problem. That that puts I don't a big, have those. No, Pete, I don't have those problems. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it up with the dad joke. You know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, and that you know, child wise, financially, I wonder, emotionally. I just wonder so much what like your kids and their kids are going to look back at this era and consider classics because it doesn't feel like even the best things stand out for long. Whereas, boy, you go back to think about when we were growing up. And now, like, the stuff that was important in the 60s and 70s still feels exactly that important and stands out that much. And then the stuff from the 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. No, it stands out because it, it, it's generational. It's just what makes an imprint on you, but you're not going to have that shared one anymore. But I watched Psycho a hundred times. You, nobody will do that anymore. Like, you'll see something and you'll watch 10 versions of that you know, five times. And it's like that there's too much, not too much content. There's so much content. No, I think people go back. Like I said, I trying, to, trying to watch a new movie is a lot more annoying than it would appear to be. Cause if just, you really want what to I watch mean is, it, you I don't think, focus. What I mean is I don't think that anything connects like that anymore. Like it can't because you're already onto the next thing. This is what the part of the streaming problem is. Something stays in the national discourse for like a day and then it's over. Remember when Tiger King was a thing? Yeah. I missed out on that. Remember one. Squid Game? I caught that one. I did too. I watched Squid Game and I really liked it. And then like a week later, nobody talked about Squid Game ever again. And it's it's weird because things that are that big culturally should last longer. Remember Avatar? Nope. <laughs> We've talked before. This movie, these two movies have made like the most money of all time. I've never heard one person outside of this podcast talk about Avatar ever. No, I haven't either. People, Not in real life. Never heard it. No one cares. No cultural imprint whatsoever. Yeah, I had a point, but then I got distracted by how bad Avatar is. <laughs> you never saw Avatar, I thought. No, I saw parts of it, and the parts I saw seemed like a bunch of... They called it unobtainium. Yes, they did. And well, Pete, it was hard to obtain. I know. I remember that What really, would you call it? That really... Uh, hard to obtainium. Yeah, hard to obtainium. Yeah. Right, obviously. We'll get it eventually. Um, that's what it should have been called, just so we can dumb it down as far as possible. But what if we could? Unobtainium. Yeah. God, I hate James Cameron. Well, and I remember being really offended by it at the time. Like, I don't know why, but that really annoyed me. Because it's the stupidest thing in the world. And then this guy has the, the balls to say that, like, you know, movies, these big action Marvel movies don't have any emotional resonance to them like his like his movies do. As I, I mean, pointed out before, the greatest relationship he's managed to put on film was between a boy and his robot. Because at the end of Terminator 2, when Arnold goes down, it's sad. It's the only time anyone's had any emotion <laughs> towards... A James Cameron story, unless they're like a little girl watching Titanic, or me with watching Titanic, or that old guy <laughs> in front of us at Titanic who 
probably was on the that's what i was gonna say he was on the ship yeah that's probably why he was crying yeah i remember being really sad at that movie because they showed people's dogs dogs, and then the dogs probably died well they were rich people's dogs they might have just given them their own lifeboat to be fair with how that was working out i feel a lot better now thank you i think that they probably just gave them their own lifeboat and (laughs) sent them off the shore all right good (laughs) all right because they didn't you know they didn't have a choice to be on that boat (laughs) no no oars on that boat though you know why because they can doggy paddle Oh, no, I got three kids now. (laughs) Got to (laughs) go.